I think the human body acts as um, like a transducer, music word, mm-hmm. for for energy. So, yeah. you know, there's energy coming in, there's energy going out. And I feel like my role is to take the energy that's coming in and turn it into a different kind of energy, hopefully a more positive energy to right. to send it back out. And then ultimately, you know, when I leave the earth, leaving my energy cleaner than I found it, leaving it a little bit more loving. You're now listening to the Let's Talk About Life podcast brought to you by Don't Settle with your host, Harrison King. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King, and we got a special guest today. We got uh, someone I know, um, and we're gonna—I'm gonna be honest. We haven't talked very much, really. I don't know if we've ever talked face to face, but that's why I want to do it here because she's an incredible person, and and uh, just always—I I can see you know sharing stuff about big, big, uh, larger than life kind of topics, and that's what this is all about. So. Uh, Savannah Shea, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. That's very sweet. It's true. I didn't totally realize that we haven't ever sat down and had a conversation before. Uh, but yeah, my name is Savannah Shea. Uh, we met at Humber. I'm going into my fourth year studying voice at Humber College in Toronto. Um, great singer, by is... the way. Great singer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, beyond that, I'm a painter. I've got some, obviously some art behind me. Um, I... I like to be creative in all directions, and that's very fun. It makes it hard to focus on one thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and definitely, like, this is the kind of conversation that I love to have. I usually the first, like, within the first three minutes of meeting somebody, I'll be like, so um, what do you think about the universe? Like, aliens, ghosts, nice. God, <laughs> like, where are you? <laughs> just yep. hit me up with the... <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's so fun to talk about stuff that we could possibly never know. And it's like... For sure. It's very exciting. So That's yeah, what, I don't have a my my COVID my COVID has just totally deconstructed my identity. So when you ask me to introduce myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm I don't know a, who I am I'm, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm um, very, I'm honestly grateful for. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, what do we what do we want to talk, man? There's so many things you've got. Like you said, what if we're just we're just chatting here? So what would what would, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you want to talk about? Well, I mean. We, uh, you talked about how the stuff I talk about on social media, um, just before we started there. And I, I like to speak about my unique experiences as much yeah. as possible, yeah, because yeah. I think, um, even though they feel very unique to me, there's definitely like lots of other people oh, for experiencing sure. them. Yeah. Um, and for me, I mean, for me, so much of growing up was like about shame and, uh, overcoming shame and figuring out what role shame played yeah. in my life. Um, so like one of those things, a lot of that is like body po- positivity stuff. Right, um, right, but right. one of the more niche things uh, specifically is um, I have a disorder uh, or condition, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's called trichotillomania. Holy, and, that's a yeah, mouthful. <laughs> it's, a, it's such an ugly name. One more time, like, slowly. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trichotillomania. All right, all right. Um, so trick being the Latin for hair and then yeah. like mania, you know, like lots of disorders have that mm-hmm. as the suffix. Um, and there's another side of that, which is dermatillomania, which is the same condition, but with skin. Okay. Um, and they're all under this umbrella of BFRB. So this is, I'm just jumping into this. Do you want to yeah. start? No, Should let's start do it. Yeah. This? Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, this is something that I'm a unique expert on. So, um, yeah, so BFRBs are body-focused repetitive behaviors, mm. um, and a lot of people 
consider them under the umbrella of mental disorders or mental conditions, but they're actually genetic. Um, it's oh, actually okay. a genetic condition. So you can see it in animals and um, like evidence of over-grooming behaviors. And so basically what the disorder is for me and how it manifests for me is hair pulling. Okay. Um, I pull I pull my eyebrows. I have my eyebrows tattooed on. Yeah. They look fleek every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to worry about them. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun. Um, but obviously as a young woman growing up in the age yeah. of eyebrows, having no eyebrows is like a real big source right. of shame. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I a couple of years ago, I started talking about that on social media. And the first time I ever posted about it, I was so afraid. I mean, I think this is like the same story for anyone sharing things they're vulnerable yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. But I was so afraid. And then every time I share, talk about it, people, people message me saying, you know, I deal with this as well. And right. something that really helped me is I met a, one of my best friends in the world. Her name's Ellen. And she shares this condition with me. And so oh, we got okay. to like bond over it. And mm. yeah, so that's. That's one unique thing about me. I don't know if you have any questions. No, I mean, yeah, I honestly, I've never heard. I know there's all kinds of, of different conditions and stuff. Never mm-hmm. heard of that specific one. So um, you're saying it's it's often classified as like a mental thing. Yeah, like right? people try to treat it under uh, the umbrella of mental. Would you uh, say it like, is? I don't, I actually don't think it is. And I did some group therapy um, on it. Like, so yeah, I guess when I say as a, um, like a mental health a problem. Yeah. People try to treat it with like therapy and the same things they would try to treat anxiety, depression with. But actually when I did the group session on it, the leader talked about how, because it's a genetic condition, you can take some of the pressure off. Like it's something you have right. in your genes. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think in the same way, I'm, I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on all mental health, but obviously yeah, mental sure. health has genetic influences as right. well. Right. Um, but this one seems to be a little bit more strictly from the genes like i can see it in my family Hmm. um my brother has it as well my parents have like signs of it yeah um so yeah that honestly when i heard that it took a lot of the pressure off because i was like oh i don't have to try to use the power of my (laughs) like yeah i don't know i was like i i you know i yeah i don't i don't want to say that other mental health challenges aren't um genetic like that wasn't kind of what i was trying to apply but definitely yeah, definitely knowing that it's something that I will have yeah. and it's not going away and right. just like deciding to accept that was a big part of the processing. For, for sure. Me. So yeah, let's get let's get into this. I know you're you said you're pretty open about about chatting about it. Can you Absolutely. just explain a little bit more in detail like what you've had to deal with and kind of mm-hmm. what it's what it what it what is it, you know, for people that and even me, like I don't know, I don't know really much about for it. Sure. So. Yeah. I'm actually very excited to talk about it because I feel like uh it's people get like sensitive about it and they don't want to be right. rude or whatever but we're yeah. like in the space where we've decided to talk about it and i think that's great and that's awesome you know if you have if someone out there has a friend who is experiencing don't just like go in with the questions it took yes. me a long yes. time to get to this point <laughs> of being sure. really 100%. comfortable with it yeah but um so it started it manifested for me um in grade 11 i was doing a musical and every day i had my makeup done and i yeah. the only reason i noticed it was happening is because I was, I started pulling out my eyebrows and my makeup artist was like, oh, should I fill in your eyebrows for the show? And I was kind of like, I guess so. I don't know why I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I would say between that first, I mean, that's like the first sort of serious incident of it. I can look back in my childhood and see like nail biting and like, you know, other small signs of over grooming behaviors. Right. But, um, that was the first like one that affected me aesthetically, which ended up being such a big part of the challenge of it was the aesthetic effect. Um, Right. And then, yeah, between that point, there was probably like 
I would say two years of not knowing what it was, not knowing that this was a common thing, that there was a disorder name for it. Yeah. And I was just like, sort of like, I don't know. And then um, my parents also not knowing and then sort of saying like, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. And I was like, that's extremely unhelpful. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I was like, of course I would stop if I could, but I absolutely can't. Um, And so, yeah, just like, I mean, really, really small things of like, there was at some point there was a transition where I like started wearing more makeup and like drawing my eyebrows on. And then there was like other transitions where um, it went from eyebrows to eyelashes. And then I had to like deal with that in a different Mm -hmm. way. And every, at every stage it was like, Oh, I'm so weird. This is such a weird thing I'm doing. How do I, uh, yeah, just felt like an outlier of, cause everyone around me was not doing that. Well, Um, yeah. And it seems like, it seems like it's your choice, but it's not right. But you didn't know that at the time. Yeah. It's extremely compulsive. um, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely like tied to stress in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. has some sort of cyclical effects because it is a stressful thing to be doing. So then it causes more stress and it can kind of cycle. Um, and, and yeah, I think like it's, yeah, it's not necessarily about pinpointing one thing that triggered it, but lots of stress and like I've written quite a bit of poetry about it, but like a lot of the things there's like life things that are affected, buy it that like people probably wouldn't think about so Hmm. like for a long time I didn't have my eyebrows tattooed on and I like wouldn't go swimming in the summer and I'm like an extremely outdoorsy person and loved to be in nature and that felt like something that was taken away from me and I wouldn't you know like sleepovers were hard and Hmm. when I moved out of home I like wouldn't let my roommates see me without makeup on I couldn't go to school like I couldn't leave the house without makeup on it was like this armor (laughs) yeah um and the fear of that was like if people see me without my makeup like they won't accept me I, you know right. i won't be beautiful like conventionally and yeah, like i needed yeah, yeah. that like i was like you know i feel like a lot of people hold on to that because it's sure. taught we're taught that it's extremely important yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of like little things and then the other thing is people noticing and saying what's so what's up with your face and like kids especially like kids right are brutal <laughs> <laughs> and i worked at a summer camp and so i would be like why don't you have eyebrows or like what's up with your eyebrows right and I, now when i interact with children i'm like i you know i get to paint my eyebrows on every day i don't have night like i have a whole dialogue that's really positive and it doesn't right. feel as bad but before when i wasn't i hadn't worked through it it was extremely so hard. how did you get to that point because because oh. here's the interesting thing. I was just talking with somebody, right, mm-hmm. earlier and said we were doing this and I was excited mm-hmm. about it. And they were like, you got to talk about like um, self-love because oh, yeah. Savannah's like the queen <laughs> of self-love in, in, in their eyes. And oh, I was like, so nice. um, you know, which is incredible to say. And I and I would agree again, you know, I've only seen your stuff, your posts and, and things like that. But um, I, I have not really met anybody or seen anybody do stuff like that um, and be so self-confident or at least at least try to you know create that community um and how did you obviously you weren't there a long time ago right how did you how did you get to this point oh that's such a I really appreciate that sweet person thinking that and you know you passing that on it's very it's very nice I think um like maybe a very I'll give you a short answer and a long answer the short answer would be um that me sharing self-love with the world was like an easy way of doing that action Mm. it's an easy expression of self-love to post a picture for me i mean i know posting's not easy for everyone i was already posting a lot anyway and for me to say like you know down (laughs) down with the system and like i'm gonna love myself 
and just post a picture and then and then share that yeah. was an easy way to express the self-love and then also in a weird way get a bit of validation back. So that was right. like a bit of a cycle of look, I love myself yeah, yeah, yeah. and get the validation. The longer answer um I think would be that's actually I don't I mean it happened extremely slowly and it's not over. Like it's very yeah. you know um I think the self-love that I'm capable of um, is limited to myself at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm very yeah. good at being alone <laughs> mm -hmm. and like deciding that my body is acceptable and beautiful and deciding yeah. that like I don't have to look a certain way or have eyebrows or whatever to to be acceptable to other people. Like it doesn't right. have, you know what I mean? You don't have to fit um, a mold or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I think because I was extremely insecure all through, not I wouldn't say even extremely insecure, but I had... Uh, I definitely was insecure. Mm -hmm. um, I built a lot of skills for myself. So I right. like, you know, got, I became a musician and like did theater and like, I just had a lot going on and I was my person, the person that I was, was not defined entirely by how I looked. And obviously my parents like taught that to me and stuff as well. Yeah. But the, I guess the more advanced step is not pushing the dialogue away. Right. So when there's a dialogue that's really negative, not saying like, I'm going to ignore this. Like it'll go away. It's like sitting with it and being like, Hmm, writing it down and being like, that's ridiculous. Telling someone, Oh, this is a thought that I've had about myself. And then saying like your friend being like, I would, you know, I would never say that to you or realizing you would never say the things to your friends that you're yeah. saying to yourself. Like it's sort of, uh, looking at it head on. I don't know if this is, uh, like there's a concept of like when something's uh, frightening, you go towards it and then it becomes less frightening because you get to understand right. it more. Which is so, oftentimes not what people, no. we don't want to do, right? It's something scary and whatever it is. I mean, even even like, yeah, just you're going to grow from something if you approach that or, or, you know, what I like to say is that, you know, if you're scared of something, it's outside your comfort zone. You push that, you get outside, you just slowly build what what's more comfortable, right? And then you're able mm -hmm. to do bigger things. So approaching something like that, that's a, that's a interesting topic. Cause I was, I was chatting with somebody about that recently, um, mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, like you said, you say what you've, you write down what you've been saying to yourself and you're like, would you ever say that to somebody else? Or yeah. if somebody else was saying that to you or like to another person, would you like be like, yeah, Hey, stop. Them. <laughs> right. Or if someone says any of that stuff to me, I would just be like, bye, you're a bad friend. Like yeah. I don't need you in my life. <laughs> why do you think, why do you think it's okay? We let ourselves do that though. Um, I, th well, I mean, I don't know. I doesn't, it's not okay. I think it's just like habitual, you know, I yeah. think, uh, I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> capitalism has a lot to do. With it. I, I was just going to get into like the society. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. the <whole. laughs> like, I think we're cultured, uh, to be, to buy beautiful. And like, that is, you know, yeah. the, in I mean, the beauty industry is a ridiculously, um, profitable. Right. So yeah. the fact that, uh, they they don't consider the well-being of people when they're trying to sell no. products, right? No. Um I yeah, I think it's I think it's conditioning. Um my friend Ellen, who I mentioned earlier, once said something really great to me, which was like, who we are isn't our first thought, it's like how we react to our first thought or like the yeah. second thought we have. And yeah. yeah, the the first thought is what we've conditioned to be, yeah. the second thought is who we are. Yeah. Um so like, you know, when I have these cyclical thoughts, you know, like I'll go, oh, um, like one of them was like, because you don't have eyebrows, you won't be able to find love. You know, I say it out loud and it's like, I could laugh because it's just a very silly thing to say. Right. But it's a legitimate feeling that for you were sure. having. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, you know, say that out loud. Um, and for a long time, that was the only thought that was just like the baseline level of thought. Mm -hmm. And then 
after like uh, some therapy after like going outside without makeup on and seeing that nothing happened and it was fine like i was okay i yeah. survived it you know after confronting some of those challenges the second thought that came like that first thought would still come because that's how i've been conditioned but the second thought would come and that thought would be um well that's not true because your family loves you <laughs> you know your friends right. love you you already yeah. have love mm-hmm. um and like what are you what are you saying about other people that don't have eyebrows does that mean they don't deserve love you then i'm like of course not like of course they do right yeah. so it's just like the reframe is sort of what i've learned as like a coping skill if that yeah. makes sense yeah the uh what i was gonna say about like society and stuff um mm-hmm. lots of what you were feeling i would assume is you know because of what you're out outwardly being shown or or you know taught growing mm-hmm. up um mm-hmm. especially you know our generation with the internet and social media and stuff yeah. right um and uh I don't know if it's a different reason if you want to talk about it, but I noticed that you're not on social media at the moment. I am not, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, we can get into that in a second. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, g- growing up, did you feel like you obviously felt that pressure from outside outside things? What I know you don't have the answer, but I just want to talk about it. Like, what, what can we do to start to change you know, that, mm. that, that society is going, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is what's beautiful. This is what is, you know, the mold you're supposed to fit or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, already so much has changed from like when I was in grade 11 yeah. to now, um, you know, obviously I would say, like, I think this is across the board. People know, think this to be true, whether they do it or not is like, just don't let get really young people on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like if I was, if I was eight or nine or 10 and had been on social media, that would have like, it just it does the damage so much earlier and it's right. way harder to adjust and grow and yeah. find yourself after that. Um, I think, you know, obviously curating what you're seeing to match how you want to feel. Like there was a long period of time where I had a really unhealthy, um, sort of like dieting physical exercise culture and I was following Mm. a lot of like like athletes and you know women who had extreme like extreme dieting habits and that kind of thing and all of course all they're posting is their success stories um and so and then I just like had a day where I was like oh this makes me so sad (laughs) and I just unfollowed everybody and then um in terms of it's you know obviously everyone's um challenges are relative so Mm. in some ways mine feels quite small compared to what other people go through uh but I would see people with like way more extreme versions of beauty showing themselves and being proud of it. And like, you know, I obviously like the explosion of like LGBTQ plus culture has given everybody like it's, I'm so grateful because I feel like it's given everybody permission to be more themselves. Like all of these people that have been so like outwardly brave to just be who they want to be. And like, whether you're a part of that culture or not, it's just like, oh, that was a really good like leading force into saying like, oh, you can, and I mean, like, it's funny because, you know, the difference between um, what happens to someone who like, you know, the discrimination that a drag queen would face versus like me who I only paint on my eyebrows or whatever, like, you know, it's a very small uh, version of it, but I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of models that you can choose to follow. So it's about like choosing to follow Things. I like how you're saying that curating like your feet. And I've done that recently. Again, mm-hmm. we can get to this. I guess I, I yeah. don't have social media. Um, I have I have it all, but I'm not it's not on my phone. Oh, so okay. I'm not I'm not actually looking at it. And because one of the reasons I did that was because I was seeing stuff and I was like, this is not what I want to be seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, right? It's not the stuff. It doesn't put me in it. Like, same thing. It's like, oh, this doesn't put me in the right headspace. 
So what mm-hmm. I've done when I do look at it, like it's, I've, I've tried to curate to what do I want to look at? Like, what do I want to, to right. you know, help me grow and stuff. So it's all these different, you know, kind of personal growth type things for me. It's, it is that health and wellness type stuff, mm-hmm. but that's what I want to see. So, and, and that's a, I don't know why that's not a common thing. Like that's just not, if that's what it should be, right? That's mm-hmm, what social yeah. media should be. But it's like, no, we feel obligated to follow certain people or do certain things, um, which is which has been a big, big thing. So that cur- curating, you know, what you're looking at is a mm-hmm. is a big thing. And it almost happens unconsciously. Like you just kind of meander through and follow people. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden your whole feed is like nothing you care about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I think making that active choice along the way. Did you, I don't know if you watched the, uh, the social dilemma on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. My parents just started it. I got to watch yeah. it. It's uh, extremely sad. <laughs> I know, I'm sure. Like you already know, you can predict, you know, the horrors of what's coming right. <laughs> in watching that. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think like the reasons, and I've done different versions of not being on social media and being, and it's hard cause you know, I, you know, when you talk about me sharing stuff, uh, like it, it was a really, there's a lot of positives of it and like the platform mm-hmm. as an opportunity to connect with people and, you know, talk about things that are important to me and, you know, hopefully yeah. like reach people that need to hear something that they right. didn't know about like that, that. That's the great side of it. And sharing music. I love to share my music. Um, but I was like, you know, cost benefit, like weigh, weigh the scales are, is it really going to make you that much happier? If like every second of the day you're thinking, oh, I should post this. What am I going to yeah. post today? Do, like, did I look at, you know, um, it's, and it's hard cause there's no, like, there's no best way to do it, especially now I don't know what's going on in the world. Like, I don't know, I know. what my friends are doing. I don't, yeah. there's no other way to get into that world. So I just kind mm. of have to lonely wander through, Yeah, <laughs> but my brain has to be the priority, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you think if you grew up in a time, you know, similar experiences for yourself, but you grew up in a time where social media and the internet wasn't a thing, do you think your, uh, your, your, your kind of, you know, where you're at right now, would it have happened earlier and you wouldn't have had as much negativity because of the outward kind of stimulus? Uh, I would actually say the opposite. I think I would have felt more isolated. Um, I think if I had been living without the ability to like Google things and oh yeah, social okay, media, like yeah. like I'm sort of thinking that pre our current state of the internet, right. yeah, yeah, I couldn't have done that research on my own to figure out what was going on with me. Mm, um, true, and I like wouldn't have been able like, and I would have been too insecure to sit down with my mother and be like, "Mom, help talk me figure, to somebody." You know what I mean? It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I think I would have felt more isolated, um, but in the same breath, it's like you know what the the pressure of it's very it's very hard because i think i'm just old enough i'm 25 and i think i'm just old enough that i escaped the worst of it like i really truly yeah. really feel like that yeah. um and 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 the like culture of filters and editing and all that didn't really mm. hit until after like after i was in it and so i kind of look at it like from the outside as an observer and i'm like right. oh like look at what's happening but then i can also see how it's affecting if that makes sense like i can yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. in it but i also am outside of it i don't yeah. feel like i'm totally indoctrinated yeah um i don't know what do you think like do you how do you relate um what is your like i don't know i guess i don't know what i'm trying to ask but like do you feel like it makes you more insecure to be on social media like where are you, you're obviously you seem yeah. like a very secure person but also it, yeah, yeah. it depends it depends on what well, first of all obviously it depends on what's going on in my you know personal mm-hmm. life and things like that um but the challenge has been recently, which I've talked to some people about, and um, is because of all this, you know, 
COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been feeling, and I know a lot of people have, pretty lost, you know, and like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, where's the handbook for the COVID quarantine? Oh like, what <laughs> am I supposed to be doing? And especially because I'm taking a year off of school, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not like I'm, you know, done school so I can pursue life. Well, you know what I mean, like career wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's not really, I don't, what am I supposed to be doing? So uh, why I'm saying that is because on social media, you know, I'm watching people and like you said, people post their good stuff on social mm-hmm. media. So everybody's trying to create content and post things. And I'm like, that's what I do normally, right? Like I love to do that. But I'm like, I don't, I don't have any motivation to do that right now um, for like music stuff. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, am I, I'm failing because I'm supposed to be doing this. You know, everybody else is showing and nobody else is sharing that they're having a hard time. Look at them. They're just mm-hmm. creating stuff. So am I in the wrong? You know what I mean? So it depends. It depends on kind of what's going on, obviously. But um, it's, it's been a challenge because like I said, it's just so... It depends on the people, but mm-hmm. overall, not very authentic, right? And to, as to what's going on, and, and someone like you is, you know, like you you are sharing things that are authentically happening. And you're trying to be open about that, but as an overall whole, it's not that. And that's what I find challenging because I'm, you know, big on. I like to. I want to see both sides. I want to see mm-hmm. you, you know, doing all these amazing things, jumping out of a plane. But I want to see you sharing that, you know, things have been tough. Whatever, blah blah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For sure. Um, and that's what I find tough about about social media, um, because it's not it's not authentic. It's like you know, I know people like, and I know personal personally people that are having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. But if you go on their Instagram, it looks like they're just having the time of their life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying For it's sure. anybody's fault. That's how we've kind of it's 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 become. But um, mm-hmm. I find it yeah hard to get up always obviously like always a positive experience out of it because of that. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah. I mean, another thing for me that like sort of adjusted the way I see social media. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, obviously like the emergence of the black lives matter movement had like a big impact on how people were interacting on social media in like a lot of, uh, positive ways and a lot of really challenging ways, like to be observing every single day, the pain of the world, like constantly is Mm -hmm. extremely challenging. And also, definitely what we like need to be seeing in also some need. ways yeah yeah because it's like i mean obviously uh, a lot of white people are going through a huge learning curve when we're really late to the party and it's like yeah. good that it's happening but also it's late you know like, we gotta yeah we gotta figure that out but like definitely there was a period of time um following like george floyd and the, those protests where i was like i'm not gonna post it's not my place like i yeah. am not the voice to be speaking right now i don't you know like i'm gonna use this as a platform to be learning right and then like because I, you know, this is like, I feel sort of uncomfortable talking about this, but obviously I probably should. Like there's, there's a point where my life isn't directly affected by it every day. Um, and I don't experience those prejudices directly. And so like, I guess my anger and whatever, like maybe faded a little bit. And I was like, I guess today I could post music or And there's sort of like this, right. this, like it, you know, it disappeared, which I don't want. And you, you know, like that's so much of what's being yeah. talked about is like performative allyship. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, so I'm trying to, I, my, my social media presence since everything that's been happening is like, you know, obviously I'm seeing elements of myself that are performative and I don't want to be performative. And it's like very easy for me to share other people's stories, mm-hmm. but like, what am I actually doing? And like, yes, I'm signing these positions, but what is I actually doing? And so, yeah. And like part of my getting off social media, I was like, oh, okay, well, I just have followed all these people to learn more about what's going on in indigenous indigenous culture and in like the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. and all of these things. I just followed all these people and now I'm losing that educational train. So 
that was like a challenge. But then I'm like, now I'm required a little bit to put more energy into that work, right. like do, read the news and like do that work. Yeah. Um, so that, I don't know. I found that, I don't know what your perspective is on that. Um, that yeah. makes sense though. That makes complete sense. I think as you're saying, it's not like, you know, I follow these people, so I'm contributing or whatever, you know, I'm learning just cause mm-hmm. you, 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 now you have to, you know, go out of your way to do the research and, and, right. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's I, a, yeah. Oh, sorry. Can, keep no, I was just going to say that just in, in general, it, it can be good. <laughs> you know, it can be really good yeah. for like communicating with people, seeing what other people, mm-hmm. you know, are doing, but it's also really bad. And there's also, again, the whole handbook thing, there isn't one for mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be doing. And it seems like there's always a conflict of what's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is there's, challenging. There's something, um, I don't know if you know Bo Burnham at all. <laughs> yes. I love Bo Burnham. <laughs> yes. Me too. Um, I really seek out his interviews, like on podcasts and stuff. I think mm. he's a really good interviewee. Um, but something he said was that well, no one is taking time into what they're like. No one is putting time into what they're contributing. Um, before, where it'd be like you have to write a book or like right. make a record, or you know, like yeah. if you wanted to contribute culturally, it was like a lot of time and effort, and you know, probably some money, and there was like an investment. Um, and you're not going to waste that. You know, yeah. you're going to make sure it's yeah, exactly. And so sure. now that you can just post like I do this a lot where I'll just post oh I wrote this verse today and I'll like post a song that I wrote today which I think is interesting in some ways but also the energy that like it's not the same level of commitment to an idea mm-hmm. and there's not the same work like we're not using our brains as much to be contributing members of society we're yeah. just like, throwing everything we've ever known it's almost like like a lack of quality right like it's mm-hmm. in in a way because you're not again putting that time and effort into it yeah which which I agree is like is why people can post so much and do so much, mm-hmm. but the quality of it is not, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, not sorry, not to say people aren't putting effort into their posts. No, no, like no, no, for sure. Lots of people do. Um, yeah, but but you it's know, easy to not have to. Yeah, and then it, and then it can and it can kind of yeah, it can not clutter, but you know what I mean. Like there's all these all these other things that aren't, um, you know. I don't know. Like people haven't fully, fully, like you said, put mm-hmm. time and effort into things. Not that you always have to, but yeah, I, I totally yeah. know what you mean. And depending yeah. on what you think the tool is for, but like if you imagine if everyone could only share once every 10 days, right? Like, like if there was a rule put on play, you know, put yeah. on social media, everyone can only share every 10 days. Like, qual- like I just can only imagine that the quality oh, it would of go way up. And people will like, n- they'll be more discerning about what they're posting. Yes. Like, you know, it would be a very interesting thing to see. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, but maybe it is just like this public journaling exercise. Like we're all just That's true. journaling our lives. <laughs> it doesn't have to be quality. And, you know, I yeah. definitely will scroll back through my social media as a way of reminding myself where I've been coming from. Yeah. I am very happy to be off it. Honestly, it was quite fraught. But <laughs> what was the, what was the main reason you got off it? If you're, if there's something you can share, um, share about that. Uh, a couple of reasons, like mainly I was just going through like a very sad period of my life and yeah. like mindlessly scrolling was my way of not confronting that sadness. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just needed, I was just like so tired of that, that I needed to get rid of it, sit just with my sadness it, yeah. and like work through it, you know, instead of distracting myself from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, like, I, you know, I have a list on my wall of, like, things that serve me, things that don't serve me, you know. Yep. I already know what yep. doesn't serve me. I know social media doesn't serve me. Like, I could just get, you know, I. Have you felt better since you've been off it? Like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've, I mean, of course. It's it's so addictive. Um, The. 
I think the best part is being able to do a day without thinking about everything as an opportunity yeah. for sharing, you know? And I do like, there'll be like a nice sunset and be like, Oh, I wish I could. And then I'm like, look at the sunset in front of me. Like, yeah, enjoy right the sunset. There. Be in the moment with the sunset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I, I've, I've, I think everybody is, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like when I'm doing something, especially cause mm-hmm. I like to make, you know, production type things. So I'm like, okay, yeah. this is happening. How could I capture this to make it entertaining for something? I'm like, listen, I'm right. here. Why don't I just enjoy the, you know, experience like the sunset? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt the same way. Like I, I, uh, I got off it because I was spending ridiculous amounts of time on my phone. Yeah. Like eight hours a day, my mm-hmm. screen time was. And I was mm-hmm. like, doing what? What on right. earth? And I, and I've never thought of being someone that is on my phone very much. And right. I was like looking at, I was like, no, this is ridiculous amount of time. And all of it was like Instagram and, and, mm-hmm. and things. And I was like, I don't need this. Cause I'm not getting any personally, any benefit out of it. Like, you know, probably I, the opposite I, yeah the complete opposite and the same thing it's not like it's making, making me feel good i'm seeing what people are doing but i can also do that by having a conversation calling somebody up mm. so so i got rid of it got rid of all of it um and even like youtube and netflix oh, like everything okay. got rid of yeah. all of it no um, netflix I, i've been netflix? i've been using netflix but not on my phone like i, oh, I just, you just took it off so right, right, right. took it all off my phone and um <laughs> me being like shocked like you're not on i know netflix. are you serious <laughs> But I but, mean, Netflix is another like dark hole that yeah, yeah, it's a different thing of trash. Like I know. trash television. Um, anyway. but I I was worried, not worried, but like you know, you have that thing. You're it's it's an addictive thing, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. addicted to it because that's I'm, I haven't watched the show, but I'm assuming it's that's oh. what it talks about, right? Oh yeah. Um, um, because it's designed that way. But anyway, I, I got right down. I was like, I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna like miss it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after about like only a day. Honestly, it was like a day mm-hmm. and I was like, I didn't even think about it anymore. And I was because it wasn't there to I didn't have that trigger to like look at it or click on it because I would realize mm-hmm. actually the day after because I had Instagram, you know, it's in a certain spot yeah. on my phone. I'd right. open my phone and I click on that app and all of a sudden I got maps open and I'm like, right. what am I doing? Oh, I'm trying to click on Instagram. Like it's a habitual thing. Yeah. And I was like, I got to I got to break this. So it's been like two months. Um, oh, wow. That's I great. download Instagram uh, to to check on things every once in a while. There's yeah. actually a if you didn't know, uh, you know, Facebook has Messenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram has a thing called threads. So it's just, just messages for Instagram. Um, That's game changing. Yeah. So I, I still can keep in touch with people if they send wow. me stuff or whatever. I can still see it, but I'm not actually on the app. Right. Um, just interesting little bit of information. But That's very helpful. I I, I downloaded um, Facebook and Instagram for like two days. I was like, okay, it's been a while. Let's put it back on. And all of a sudden, right away, Maybe. I was like on there looking at it. And I was like, I don't want this. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just keeping it off. Um, the one, like you said, the challenging thing is like trying to see what everybody's up to. So I do go on it once in a while, I'll go on my computer or something, but I give myself Mm -hmm. time limits, but there's just, I found there's so much more time for genuine things that I want to be doing. You know, (laughs) I mean, I'm reading, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing other things and, and it's things that I feel are more purposeful to Mm -hmm. me. And that doesn't mean it's for everybody, but no, I, I think that's, I think that's great. I think, um, for me, the big thing is like, I can't, I have to deactivate. Like I have to, the count has to disappear because what I find addictive is the promise of some outreach. Like the Mm. promise that, oh, somebody posted something I want to see or somebody messaged me. You know what I mean? So if no one can reach me, no one can like my post, no one can say anything. You don't have to worry about it. That I don't have to worry about. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, definitely I have to figure out something for like from a business perspective because obviously I'm going to be using social media. Right promote myself as a musician yeah. so but that's like a down the line situation um yeah i was gonna ask you what you're reading what i'm reading at the moment mm. sleep smarter by sean stevenson oh yes um 
Yeah, I just finished, um, what's it called? There's No Plan B for your A game. Oh, ooh. Yeah, good book. A good book. To um, your nonfiction, nonfiction reader. That yeah, is also yeah. me. I, I cannot read a like fiction book. Big self-help guy. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the exact same. I have, uh, here I have The War of Art. I don't know if you oh, yeah. read that. No, I haven't. Just, just starting in it. Uh, break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. That's great. Yeah, you can whatever read whatever you want, anybody. But but the point is social and the same thing I want to say with social media because we're talking about this. I'm not trying to tell people they have to delete it or get rid of your account or whatever. You I want to just it. tell people they have to. I just want. I, I want to. Wanna, I mean, I do too, but I don't want to force anybody to do anything. Try it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. At least try it because <laughs> if we all did it, then we would come up with something better to like that's be true. connected. You know, yeah, let's true. all just do it together. Let's be in on something together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's impossible. Oh, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I'm glad we could chat about that because I haven't, I haven't really, I've said that to people and they're like, why are you not, why are you not on it? Because it's just such a big part of what we do, right? Yeah. Um, but is. I was like, have you heard less of me? Like yeah. less from me? Are you like missing me? And they're like, no. I'm like, well then what's the, like, what's the, why does it matter? You know? For sure. Like, I was going <laughs> to ask you like, is your replace like, do you have replacement behaviors? Like I find I'm texting people every day and calling people. Like I wouldn't text people before, but now I'm like reaching out. I don't know. What are your. I've, I've made that. I don't know if it's related to that, but I've made it an effort because of how I've been feeling and I'm separated kind of from everybody, mm -hmm. you know, out there. I'm in a different place right now. Um, I, uh, I've been making it like, I, it sounds, my friend was making fun of me, but I like schedule phone calls with people. No, so like, amazing. I've got like three or four calls with friends amazing. next week. You know what uh, that is? That's maintaining adult friendships. Like that is what that shit is. Yeah. And, and it's so, <laughs> it's it. so necessary. And maybe that's a, I mean, maybe that's a product of that. Cause I'm not seeing people. Cause you kind of feel like you're interacting with people. If you're just scrolling through, you mm -hmm. see their face. But yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've I've done and it's it's so much better because you can have a conversation with somebody, uh, you know, and actually yeah. see what's up or whatever. When you Even don't like all go minutes. to the same elementary school and that's not where your friends are, you have yeah. to like put the effort in. I have one that's friend and we like will hang out once every month or whatever and we like plan a walk. Like it's just so adult and it and it just works. Like it makes sense to actually put those things in your calendar. I think it's important. You got to yeah. you got to maintain like friendships like that or. Uh, here's something so yes. uh, you probably heard this but i think it's really interesting there's somebody's talking about um i don't know if they call them intentional friends i believe but they said most of the time on on average uh you know elementary school high school whatever even university your friends are based on your geographical location so where mm -hmm. you are even at work right so if you've got mm -hmm. friends it's because you're in the same place but how often do we intentionally seek out people that we want to be with, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, listen, I'm interested in, uh, which we will talk about, we should talk about right away, like meditation. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't mean we go to a music school. So it doesn't mean everybody's interested in that. Um, so, you know, music friends, talking to people about music, blah, blah, blah. Great. But I want maybe people more in this category and let's mm -hmm. seek it out, um, which is what part of this is. You got to actually like seek out the people you want to, want to, want to, you know, talk to, hang out with. Mm -hmm. I feel like we do that for our like romantic relationships pretty well. Like we, yes. you know, and people talk a lot about, you know, write a list of the things you want in a partner or like, you know, but you, not for friendships though. No, which is just bizarre because friendships, like a lot of the time, unless you're in like a great long-term relationship are like so much more yeah. valuable and will like be there yep. for your whole life. And of course you should be like maintaining those things. I don't know. I, yeah, I think, uh, a friend Holly and I, we discuss a lot how people undervalue a friendship as like an important relationship in a life. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there's, yeah. And having, you know, I think another thing I'm learning about growing up is having the wherewithal to say, this person doesn't serve me in my life and I can okay, let go of Okay. Here we go. This is, <laughs> I just had a conversation with somebody about this too. Yeah. Yep. And, and like, yep. 
it's not hurting anybody. They don't need me. Like, you know, this person, mm-hmm. like, whatever. And, like, letting go of those. I think there's a lot of pressure to, like, be, like, chummy with everyone. But it just doesn't, you know, you can be kind, but you don't have to maintain friendships with everybody. What I don't like uh, this is about <laughs> social media is that people always say, you know, cut out the toxic people in your life. Which right. I, I understand where it's coming from. Completely agree. I don't like that right. term. I don't know if you no, do. No, because I, I really don't because them- I'm like... You know, let's say me and you were friends, right? And yeah. I'm like, uh, you know what? Savannah's not really providing me with things I feel like I need in my life right now. You know, going right. to kind of cut off that connection. But going just like, nah, like I'm not talking to you anymore. For you know, sure. that's it. I'm like, that's a little, let's approach it with some love. Like, <laughs> yeah. And because just because I don't serve you as a friend doesn't mean I'm toxic. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Yes. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. You're it's fine. Just, we and don't you need grow, to be friends. <laughs> yeah. I'll grow relationships, friendships, yeah. you know, but I think, I think the idea should not be a negative thing. It's like, no, it should be a it, more of a positive thing. Like we're both, yeah, kind of growing apart from each other or whatever, at least mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm feeling like, um, and I think everybody has that in their lives. We feel obligated mm-hmm. to stay with friends. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you wouldn't stay with a, you know, a romantic partner if you were, they weren't making you feel the way you wanted mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's we a, definitely undervalue friendships for sure. It's sort of a, a nice like you know there's all these little weird silver linings of covid but like you just are deciding who to stay connected with more actively you know uh, who, like, yeah like who has a who am know, i gonna phone call you know yeah influence and not, on your you life know, if anyone is listening that i haven't phone called it's not because <laughs> i don't love you but like it's you know there and there are people that you know you need to talk to more and then there are people that you can see every four years and your casual yeah. friends and you know what yeah. i mean it doesn't not every relationship is the same. For sure. Anyway, you were going to ask me about meditation or we were going to talk was. about meditation. Let's get into meditation. I was going to say we, we're way past it now, which doesn't matter. But we were, you were talking about, you know, how you were kind of dealing with, you know, insecurity and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Did that – was – was you you're a pretty spiritual person? I would probably say so, but I want to – Yes. Yeah. Um, has that had a role in any of that, getting to – getting you to like where you are? A hat of role? Has it had a role? Sorry. Oh, had a role. I thought you were saying, are you a hat of role? I was like, ooh, fun phrase. No. Um, <laughs> oh, I, uh, I'm i going to just go ahead and say 100% responsible <laughs> for wow. my growth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it it comes into every every interaction. Like the things that I learned through my, I don't know, like spiritual study, I guess I would call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are like these like phrases and these like ideas that I like live my life by. So I would say, yeah, there's so much of it. Um, Just like as a little background, I grew up in church, going to Presbyterian church. My uncle was a minister yeah, and then had a whole thing of like, uh, Oh, I don't agree with this language. Like I don't like this language. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like how it excludes me as a woman (laughs) or whatever. And then a stepping back uh, and there's a, a, a guy whose name is Richard Rohr. Uh, he's a he's a priest of some kind, but he talks yep. about every person to have a functional spiritual life has to go through a deconstruction of what they were taught yep. and then like this reconstruction process. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that has been my last like five or six years. So that's where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, I um, I guess you have a background. Um, my grandparents, both very Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to church when I was really young. Like, yeah, but but it's always been around me. And I've always had this weird relationship with religion because because I've I've only recently re- kind of got this understanding that religion and spirituality are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I was like, no, this is it. Like you just, you know, read the stuff and, and this is what Jesus was doing and whatever. And that's, you know, it's just, it's a very different thing. But like you said, it's the language of how Mm -hmm. everybody's talking about the same thing. That's what I've realized. Oh, everybody's talking about the same thing. We're just talking about it in different ways, even like different religions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say so, that like every love-based faith is talking yes, about the same Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. There for are sure. some more challenging Correct. beliefs out there. <laughs> Scientology. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I, uh, yeah, like I guess I'm more from the kind of quantum physics type realm mm-hmm. um, and and all that stuff. But But kind of really getting into that has made me see life differently and approach things differently and, and, and really feel like I have a, you know, sense of, of, of purpose. And, um, I've always, this is what I found challenging because people always talk about God. I always, and I, I think a lot of people have like, especially as a kid thinking of him as like an actual person. Oh yeah. Right. Like a, like a physical being and, yeah, clouds, and then beard. people, and then people go like, God is you and me. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's this man. Um, yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, starting to realize that what they're talking about, just kind of like a, you know, the universal consciousness or whatever you want to, mm-hmm. you want to say, um, and then trying to put that into, into my brain is what I've, what I've been focusing on. But how, how is it, well, what are you, what are you up to? First of yeah, all, <laughs> um, I lot like the, I, the idea of the word God to me is such, has been such a big part of this journey because yeah, like the way God was sold to me, I was like, nope. Um, well for a long time I was like, yeah. And then at some point I was like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh i'm getting i'm starting to get some sunlight here. oh it's nice it's good like, okay great um but uh yeah so like in this process of construction and deconstruction i went from really hating that word because it stood for something that was so specific for me and like so mm-hmm. exclusive like i was like right. there's no you know yeah. to say that this god this like christian god is the god i was like no 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 um and yeah and also like no offense to anyone who believes these things no yeah not at all We're i have just a, having a- I- open discussion about it. <laughs> I'm going to just back up so I'm in the shade. But my caveat to all of this would be whatever you believe is true. So yes. if you believe something and it works for you and it like makes you a more loving person, I support you. And I think it's actually true for you because everything else like reality is constructed. And so construct yourself a belief and go for it. Well, that's another that's another day. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also like the question of what happens after you die. It's like Honestly, whatever you believe is true because you live your life and then you die and then it doesn't matter because, I mean, that maybe is offensive to some people. I don't know. But it's like if you go your whole life believing some X will happen after you die, who's to say that's not going to happen? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. So for me, yeah, I didn't like the word God and then did all this work and was like, "Mm, yeah, like the universal consciousness, like consciousness, this like energies, like orb, like the one energy (laughs) collective, whatever. I had all these different versions of that word. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I don't, I wouldn't choose. I use, I I write music with a lot of like uh, sort of religious like tone, (laughs) like things that are God related. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it just took the, a while for me to like be okay with that word again. Like I came back to that word because I realized, oh, now if I take lessons that were given to me through the lens of the work that I've done to reconstruct this idea of yeah. God, I'm like, oh, this lesson, you know, God is love. And I'm like, oh, yes, the universal consciousness is love. Like this makes sense yeah. to me. So yeah. it was just, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's a, the, the language is such a big part of it. I I wrote this, um, this poem about, I, yeah, it was about a bunch of different things, but the last sort of stanza that I like think about a lot as a reminder to me is 
Uh, language is a hammer, inadequate enough to shatter every god they've tried to sell me up in heaven, down in hell. And in the end, when it's all broken, it's the pieces that will matter. And I'll plant them in my garden to grow something that will feed me. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) my. (laughs) So. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, not my thoughts, you know, just just whatever, you know, putting them on putting them on paper. Yeah. But um, this idea of like, you know, sell me whatever you want. Give me everything like I'm going to take whatever I can. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to find the pieces that like make me a better person, make me more loving, whatever. And yeah use them to grow some like hybrid yeah um, yeah of spiritual That's, oh my god i have so much i would could say about this i could go on and on but like, you keep back talking to, we're well, here <laughs> um i guess like if i were to uh summarize what i think like the point of it all is <laughs> yeah um I was talking to my friend over campfire the other night. I like said this and I caught myself saying it. I was like, Oh, that's, that's it. That's what I think in this moment, you know, it'll change like two months from now. But I think the human body acts as um, like a transducer music word Mm -hmm. for, for energy. So, you know, there's energy coming in, there's energy going out. And I feel like my role is to take the energy that's coming in and, turn it into a different kind of energy, hopefully a more positive energy to right. to send it back out. And then ultimately, you know, when I leave the earth, leaving my energy cleaner than I found it, leaving it a little bit more loving mm. because there's so, I mean, obviously human history is fraught <laughs> and very yeah. dark. And so there's all this handed down trauma, um, genetic trauma. And I think we're the generation that has, you know, obviously – the ability to work on this kind of stuff and this the the time and resources to think about spirituality is like a huge privilege. Right. Um, not everyone has it. Like if your basic needs are met, we're not you're not gonna sit around talking about <laughs> yes, how sure. you're in you know, whatever. But um yeah, I think we have the ability and and maybe resources to start that healing process, hopefully. Yeah. Anyway. I really yeah. like that the term. Like mm-hmm. like you just saying you're a, you're kind of a in a way like um yeah you're you're taking in things and cleaning it up right and mm-hmm. then and then putting it back out and and like oh you said leaving leaving this current state um you know with everything cleaner than mm-hmm. you found it it's like um, a, the classic camping rule like leave you know to take only pictures leave only for prints like leave your campsite cleaner than you found it there you go <laughs> that's what that is campsite is just your life yeah um. <laughs> and also when you ask about insecurity right like if I'm looking at my, as my body as this like as this transducer for energy, you know, it's such a miracle. It's such a gift that I have this this container to like pass energy through, and it makes me so much more able to love myself. Instead of looking at yeah. myself as Savannah, I'm Savannah. This is my identity, and this is my body, and this is how I look. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just takes the ego out of it. And also, not to say that I'm a perfect transducer. I often will put out energy that I don't intend to put out, and it's for like sure. the process of learning how to do this work is. Like the reason I'm I'm curious to learn this work is because I want to be a good transducer. Right. Yeah. We were just talking about I, I was chatting with Treek. Um we we just we were talking about um even if you do think like say something like that that you didn't mean or it was more mm-hmm. of a negative thing, everything he goes what his 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 phrase was, you made a dent, period. Mm, like you did yeah. something it's going to affect somebody else in a good way, a bad way, whatever it's, but it's going to affect, you know, you still are having an impact. So it obviously you want to try to make it in the good way or, or, you know, mm-hmm. in, in being, you know, like you want, but if you don't, it's still, 
it's still okay and beneficial, assuming mm-hmm. you're not just making that your life purpose. But for sure. And to a degree, there's room to correct. Like, you know, yeah. if I say something I don't intend to say to someone and then immediately I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm projecting because I'm having this kind of bad day. You know what I mean? Like there's a way mm-hmm. to do that. And I'm hoping culturally we're shifting to allowing for mistakes and allowing for, we're not in that space at all right now, but <laughs> it'd be great if we could like, I mean, another whole thing of like how we treat people who do things that are wrong yeah put them in a box lock them up put them away like that to me that whole structure is completely broken not just to a lot of people but you know when we can't allow people to be humans and do things that are wrong uh it doesn't allow for like healing and it also puts a lot of pressure on yourself if you're not allowing of other people yeah um wow yeah (laughs) i have like three more things i would love to say no go yeah we're i say we're here just go talk okay great so uh this is like i don't know if i can mention another pod on your pod yeah but um the duncan trussell family hour (laughs) uh anyway there's an episode with russell brand so i'm a big russell brand fan um i don't know if anyone he has a podcast he's uh it's hard it's hard being a student of like spiritual teaching because you kind of look at yep. these teachers and you're like, what gives them the, you know, like, yes. do I really want to put this person up on a pedestal? Like what's, who's to say they're not like just a cult leader in the making. Right. right. But I, I do like what he says. And he, um, this podcast episode, he sort of said a couple things that really hit me in a big mm-hmm. way. So this is not, these are not my things, but I'd like to pass them for it because yeah. they're really good. So the first one was, um, we were talking about aliens and he said, if aliens came to earth, they would come as humans because they would come like looking like humans because they're more advanced and they know that that's the best way to communicate with us. Right. But, which I thought was so cool just as like a fun thing because we're so certain that like, you know, we're the most advanced um, yeah. species. And, nope. I wouldn't say. <laughs> or just, yeah, like the idea that aliens will come in this like weird month, you know, the way movies per- right. portray. But yeah. it's like, of course, any thing in the universe that has the ability to reach us uh would probably be more loving they've probably gotten past this point that we're at right now where we're all like very hateful and we're fighting and you know anyway that's one small thing that's not really about spirituality but i liked it yeah for sure and then the spiritual thing that i loved uh you know the question of are humans inherently good are they inherently evil that comes up a lot i feel like we people talk about that yeah um and russell brand gave these examples of text uh, an illustration of William Blake's, I think. I forget. I think that's it. Um, and it's, you know, images of God saying to Job, being like, here is the Leviathan. I made it just as I made you. Um, and then it's like this depiction of this disgusting monster or whatever. And then Job's like, oh, that's the same thing as me. And then it's like, here is the me- Megalodon or whatever. He's like all these monsters <laughs> throughout history. And right. it's this book showing these illustrations. Um, and what Russell took from that is that, you know, God isn't good or evil. God is indifferent. Whatever the life force is that created us is indifferent. And so it is our job to create the words he uses are, it's our job to create the glory of God here on earth, because if we don't, it doesn't exist. Um, and so that's like, (laughs) right. Like if God is just indifferent, God created good, God created evil, like all of these things. Right. And you, you know, you read, and I think it says in the Bible, like all things are created under God. Right. Right. And so it, in terms of like, as someone who every day is like, what am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? Like, what is the point? And it's like, oh, if I can create this goodness, like the goodness of Mm -hmm. the one energy, 
Like it's my job to create that because without me, yep. it doesn't exist. And yeah. our consciousness like gives us the rare opportunity to do that. To do that. Yeah. Make yeah. a choice for anyway, sure. That's my little, I just, that was like a couple of weeks ago. So it's still fresh and I was yeah. so excited about it. No, that's amazing. That's uh, that's what I was saying. Like people say, you know, you are our God in that sense, right? Like you have to create right. whatever you were calling it God in this, mm. in this instance, but whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, nice to allow for like both sides of dark and light inside yourself. Like I don't yeah. think it's too much pressure to be only light. Yeah, you can be, you can be human. <laughs> yeah, I'm good and bad. Well, uh, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there for today. We could talk. Sure, I mean, you and I. This, this could be an eight, this could be a Joe Rogan podcast in yeah, like yeah, eight yeah. hours. Um, <laughs> for real. Thank you, thank you for hopping on here. Though, yeah, and thank you sharing. so much. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll chat next week. If you're interested in more content like this, go check out our website at don'tsettleofficial.ca. We're dedicated to providing resources, information, and content designed to assist you on your journey of personal growth, and most of all, to help you live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you next time.